0: everyone this is pastor stephen i wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for christ with everything you have we hope you enjoy the message that he is due every single day see there's one thing that i love is to get come to church and just worship his name so can we just raise our our, raise to our feet a little bit longer and just say god you are worthy can we just give him the exaltation that he is worthy of? Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, you are the one that gives us the strength to get through every single day. You are our hope, our redeemer, our savior, our everything. And Lord, right now, we just want to thank you. We thank you that we get to come into a place where we get to lift your name on high. And where we get to come and be a church family once again. Where we get to come and know that we're not alone in this life, even though it seems dark and bleak. But God, you're with us right here, right now, and always and forever, God, because we trust you. And so, God, we just give it all to you, Jesus. We trust you for everything we have. Amen, Lord. Amen. Now, it is, it is my due honor, church family, to introduce you to not just one man that's been in my life so, so awesome, but two men. The first one, Brother Phillips has already alluded to with the white hair and the Phillips name. And that white hair comes all from my wife, as she will attest to. <laughs> but Brother Phillips has been a mentor to me all the way through my, my, my mission and my heart to, to serve God. He's the guy I call when I have an issue. He's the guy I text probably more than he wants to know. And I know he gets more texts from my wife just because the white hair gets there. But we're thankful that he's able to get up here. But right next to him is is the associate pastor at Stratford Heights, Richard McIntosh. Richard, if you'll just wave at everybody real quick. See, it wasn't planned that Richard was going to come with Pastor Ray here, but but Richard was my youth pastor. He was one of the guys that kind of reared me up underneath his wing to allow me to grow and to become the youth pastor I once was. And it has shaped me, and I'm just honored that you are both here to see what God is doing within our lives. But that being said, it is my honor and my privilege to introduce you to Pastor Ray Phillips. If you'll come and share the word with us this morning.
1: Amen. Hello. How are you today? Good, good, good. Well, it is our privilege. If you will stand with me, we're going to go ahead and read the scripture. And uh, I always ask us to stand for the reading of God's word. How many of you feel like the word of God is the gift of heaven to us? Amen? And so we show honor. And what you're doing today, showing honor to your pastor, Stephen and Melissa, who, uh, of course, you love. How many of you love your pastor and his family? Amen. well that does that does my heart good. Uh, it's a privilege for myself and Pastor Richard to be here with us and to meet two new uncles that I have that have my same last name. <laughs> but uh, we're delighted to be here and honored to be here to uh, see firsthand what's happening way up here. You are far away from Cincinnati, but uh uh, we got in late last night, and we're here, and uh, we want to show honor to them as you do. Uh, I'm proud of Pastor Steven and Pastor Melissa for what they are doing here uh, in Youngstown area. This, is this Youngstown official? Yeah? Uh, made me feel younger just driving into town. I, oh, I've got a lot of work to do to get you to laugh. Okay, I see. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah 49 from the Old Testament starting with verse 1. But part of what brings me here is not just the invitation, but it is also a mandate from the Lord with a word that I believe He's given me uh, to share with you. And so as we get together this next hour, I want to move out of the way and I want God to move in. And I want Him to be a part of what we do. And I'm hoping that this will not just be a day where we honor the man and the woman of God who has been chosen and assigned to be your pastors, but that this will be a day where each of us will walk away saying, so good to be in the house of the Lord, to be together in God's house. So let's look at the Word of God. In Isaiah 49, and verse 1, Listen to me, ye islands, Hear this, ye distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with me. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be a servant, to bring back Jacob to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Now this may sound like, wow, where in the world will he be going with this scripture? Well, in just a moment, you're going to find that out. But in the meantime, we're thankful today for the power of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God in the world. We know that things are not beautiful as we look at the news these days. But we know one thing's for sure. It doesn't take heaven by surprise. God is not shocked. And in the midst of everything you see right now, God will not waste anyone's pain. He will not allow anything to go without His notice. And may I say this, in the end of it all, God will always remain on the throne in control. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in the name of your Son Jesus, and we praise you for what this day represents and how we are giving honor not only to the man and the woman of God that have come and taken on the assignment to shepherd and be a part of pastoring this community, but but Lord, we understand and know this was your plan from the very beginning of time that we would have under shepherds and that we would work together to fulfill the vision and the mission of heaven. We honor you today, Jesus, that you are the ultimate shepherd, the good shepherd. We honor you and we thank you for your presence that's here today. Through the songs and the children, the praise, Lord, we have felt the presence of the Lord. You said, wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in our midst. So we honor you, we bless you, and we give this hour to you and ask you, God, to touch every heart, every life minister to every family as we god give ourselves wholly and completely to your work in the name of jesus christ we pray and we give honor and everyone said amen amen Amen. now give one another a good hand clap by just being thankful for one another and when you've done that turn around find two or three hundred people that you can just shake their hand and tell them they're in the right place today then you can be seated You may be seated. <clears throat> well, when I first met Stephen and Melissa, they, Stephen was a, a young adult that came into our youth ministry. I, I served as youth pastor at the church for 18 years at Stratford Heights Church. It started as the Harlan Park Church of God. But I, I served there as youth pastor for 18 years, and in that time, that's when Melissa and Stephen came into our ministry. Steve, as I mentioned, came in as a young adult, and Melissa came in as a kid. Uh, she came in while she was still in school, and I remember one of the first times that I noticed the hand of God on her life was when I went to, I think it was Madison High School, was it Madison? And uh, there she was with a group of people starting a bible study at the church they had never or i mean at the school and there i walked into this room as a visitor to kind of just give a devotion and her and another young lady had completely spearheaded uh, a bible club at the church at the school and it was so nice and so awesome to see how god was beginning to work in their lives and stephen Whenever I first met him, he came into my office, and I remember we had a little talk and interview about what he wanted to do and what he felt God was doing in his life. And when he walked out, I looked at our assistant pastor, Richard, and I said, man, I said, that guy has got leadership written all over him. He is a leader's leader. And so I was so thankful for him. We put him to work. He directed and led small group ministry and youth. He was a youth leader. He served in any and every capacity. Uh, Melissa served in drama and music and all different kinds of things that she did. And and then they went on to to grow and become, I think they have like 10 degrees from college or something like that. But they they went on to just study and prepare themselves, went off uh, into ministry. And we were so upset the day they left, not because of them. They took those beautiful girls away from us. We love those girls. Lydia, stand up. Where is she? Oh, she's in children's church. I bet they're all back there. Okay. Well, Lydia, Julia, Rebecca, Bethany, and sweet little Nora. Are they? Nora's here. Or Bethany's here, too. All right. There she is. All right. Well, these precious girls, we were so upset that they were taking them away from us. Our attendance went way down when those girls left. <laughs> No, they such a wonderful family. and uh, Man, those girls, aren't they not precious? Do you love your, the girls, the first family's girls? Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> wonderful. Stephen and I went off to, and, and he, he's always going to be Stephen to me. He's Pastor Stephen to you. But I, uh, I, I was able to take him on a trip. We had built a church in Alaska at the top of the world. It was in Barrow, Alaska. I mean, you can't get any, you can't go any farther north. It was right there. I mean, we were just about at the North Pole. And uh, I think, I'm almost positive I saw Mrs. Claus out there somewhere doing something. (laughs) But uh, just kidding. But we went all the way to the top of the world. And we were there for quite a few days. And man, we had every kind of experience you could think of. Um, We will talk about it for years to come from the tundra to ice runways for a plane that landed on pure ice. Imagine that. And then we went polar bear hunting one night. And uh, what I learned from that trip to the top of the world was you get much, much closer to God when you go there. Uh, But it was uh, a beautiful time, and and it was time when we got to share, and, and I got to see him in action as he loves and honors people. And I am so proud of them. Just so you know, I wouldn't have driven almost four, well, four hours and a few minutes to come up here today if I wasn't so proud of them. I'm thankful for what God's doing in their lives. I'm thankful for the energy I see, the praise, the the presence of the Lord that I felt when I came in and walked in the door. So good to be here and see what's happening through them and what God is doing. I applaud you and thank you. For loving them. Because I believe that when you honor them, you bless God. You honor God. Amen? Amen. Uh, Brother Bridges, is he in here? Where is he? Oh, he's counting. Very important job. (laughs) Love Brother Jack Bridges. He's a wonderful man of God. I've known for many, many, many years. And so good to see him today as well. I know that God has his hand on your lives You're a very big deal to me, and therefore so is the Faith Fellowship Church of God. I pray for you all the time. Uh, This is my first time to actually meet you, and I'm excited to do that. But at the same time, I've been praying for you for a while because I have been praying for the ministry and the people and the community here. So I'm excited to be here today. I want to share what I believe is the Word of God for this hour. I'm going to start with reading something that... Uh, I, I kind of, when I first heard it the first time, I was like, wow. I wish somebody would get up and read that at my church. No one ever has. <laughs> but I'm going to read it at yours. I want you to hear something that I believe is important for us. Listen to what this says. According to recent studies, 5,000 to 10,000 pastors quit each year. They don't quit because they have a lack of faith in God, no. They don't quit because they don't believe in the calling that God has placed on their lives. Most don't even quit because of financial reasons. Pastors quit because they are overwhelmed with mental exhaustion. Until you're a pastor, you never fully understand what it's like to carry spiritual burdens for people. Getting up in the middle of the night, praying for your family of faith, Awakened in the middle of the night with someone on your heart, overwhelmed with concern by a person's absence or their distance. You might continually, uh, your mind continually occupied with the presentation of the upcoming Sunday message. How to preach it, what to teach on, how do we apply it, getting critiqued on a continual basis. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) Amen. Critiqued on a continual basis, being told you need to do better or that some areas of the church simply need to be better. Pastors invest their whole life into people, and yet people will turn their backs on the pastor at the first sign of trouble or a storm, usually without even a conversation. Pastors stand in the middle of disputes, pastors stand in the middle of gossip, pastors counsel broken marriages. Pastors have to comfort those who have suffered loss. Pastors navigate the waters of imperfect people with a desire to see each one of them thrive in their faith. Yet pastors crave the very, very best for each one of you. All of this while trying to battle their own flesh and grow in their own relationship with God. Pastors see the posts. Pastors hear the whispers. Pastors endure the negativity. Pastors are continually caring for the sheep while fending off the wolves. Pastors pour out and pour out, rarely being poured into. So what keeps a pastor going? You do. You. The person who is genuinely hungry for God. You, the person who worships with passion and freedom. You, the teenager who is striving to be a follower of the Lord. You, the single mom who understands the beauty of the hope found in Christ. You, the one who walks through the door for the first time because you're in search of peace, hope, and community. So pray for your pastor. Serve with your pastor. Talk with your pastor. Encourage your pastor. Can I say this? Your pastors are human they need you they need you more than you think they do who said all right i love it all right god i pray that you will touch us now in the name of jesus help us to understand the the importance of who we are and the assignments over our lives God, touch each of us because we're all part of the work, the ministry to this community, Youngstown. It, Lord, it, it's, it's got an assignment over it. And God, we thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for this church, this pastoral team. and God, for your work that's being done through them. In Jesus, your name. Now, the scripture that I read you, some will debate and they'll say that this passage is about Israel. They'll talk about what it prophetically means. And they'll describe the nation of Israel as being that one individual servant that goes and brings light and brings deliverance and brings Jacob back to himself through a servant. But if you look closely at that, that's the very problem. Verse 5 and 6 where it says, And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be a servant, to bring back Jacob to him and gather Israel to himself, that right there tells you can't be Israel, can't be one of the older prophets. It's got to be someone else who's got uh, an assignment from heaven that deals with bringing all of Israel, Jacob, Judea, and Israel back to the Father. Then he goes on and says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and rise up, princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Now listen, what it's saying very clearly in this Old Testament prophecy of Isaiah, it is saying that this Redeemer is Jesus Christ. And when you and I begin to look at the Old Testament prophecies of what is, what is coming, what hundreds of years before he was born, the promise of the Lord that he was going to send a redeemer, he was going to send a, a king, one that kings would bow down to, presidents will bow down to, all kinds of countries that rise up against one another, or against Israel, against Judea, these places will all bow down to this servant this servant is jesus christ and can i clue you in and tell you what i believe now is is coming to us from this passage today it's this jesus said greater things will you do because i'm going to go to my father and i'm going to pray him to send the comforter to you the holy spirit who has been with you but he shall be in you how many are baptized in the holy ghost this morning? We are thankful for the moving of the Spirit of God in our lives, and we understand this. Jesus said, I'm gonna, He came, He lived, He died, He rose again, He ascended to the right hand of the Father. We know the mission and the love of Jesus Christ. We know the love of the Father God, who said, For God so loved through His Word for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. How many of you know, God doesn't want anyone to perish. It's not his will. I preached a message a few weeks ago about hell. Let me tell you, hell wasn't made for you. It was made for the devil and his angels. If you go to hell, you are going to go on your own free will and choice, because Jesus has paid a beautiful price that you and I could turn and walk in the direction of eternal life given by him. Oh, somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I believe this passage is a prophetic shadow of Christ and what that means as Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is interceding for you and I. He's still very present and very much a part of what's happening, but he's sent The Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer. He prayed the Father, and the Father sent the Holy Ghost. And we have that third part of the Trinity. He is not an it or an experience. He's not a tongue. He is a person. He is a person of the Godhead Trinity. And he is with us this morning. I felt him when I walked through the door. I know he is with me. He is in me. And he is leading this church. What he does is the work of Christ in the earth. When Jesus, I was always curious growing up, I used to wonder, when he said, greater works will you do, I thought, how could we do anything greater than raising Lazarus from the dead? How could we do anything greater, Lord? I was a kid, I was growing up, I was like, you said we're gonna do greater things than you? What could we possibly do that's better than you? And then... As I got older, I began to understand by the gift of the Holy Spirit in us, we do greater quantity, greater coverage, greater works all around the earth because each one of us has that third person of the Trinity living within us. And he, Jesus said, uh, John the Baptist said it. He said, the one who comes after me, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes he comes and you, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he's coming, the one after me, who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Fire. So that's why we get excited. That's why you took out... Uh, the nominal church epiphanies that go on down here, and you cleaned out your altar. I loved seeing those kids just running around with joy in the presence of the Lord. I love that. There's a time and a place when that's okay. How many believe that? Say amen. And when they were running around here, I I got tears in my eyes, and I thought, Lord, you want to see your kids enjoy being in the house of God. They're back there right now. They're singing. They're learning a lesson. They're praying. But when they came out here for worship earlier they were just enjoying the presence of god and i think that's pretty cool i looked down at one of them i looked down at one of them and i said are you tired because he was laying in the floor he looked up at me and he said nope i'm bored (laughs) well get up brother you got more praise to do it's wonderful to see That what we're talking about is these greater works. And this work that Jesus was sent to the earth to accomplish. He was smart. The Trinity is so smart. You'd think they were the creators. Thank you for someone who laughed. This is a hard crowd, Pastor Richard. (laughs) Got it. All right. <laughs> All right. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate it then. I'll put it right here. What we're saying is that the mission of Jesus, the work that Jesus was left heaven to come and accomplish and do he now does through his church and through his under shepherds can i just say that your pastor and his wife and this family they are not here by virtue of career opportunity they're not here because of a job application They are here because God, I believe, they drove, I know them, I knew them when they called me and they said pray for us, and they drove up from the Carolinas to come and just sit in your parking lot and pray over this church. They didn't come here because an overseer called them. They didn't come here because they filled out an application and put them through an interview process. They came, they met with the creator of the universe, baptized in the Holy Ghost, saying, God, if this is your will for our family, then we want you to put your yes on it. And then I heard Stephen when he said, and if it's not God's will, then slam the door shut. They don't want any, they didn't want anything for their family that wasn't from the Holy Spirit of God. And you know what? The Lord said yes, and I'm looking at the crowd today, and I'm thinking, yep, God sure knows what He was doing. He's blessing them, using them, touching them, and guess what? He's not just anointing them for the work, He's anointing you for the work. You are his church. You're the body of Christ together, and you are part of what God is doing. We are the body of Christ. So we have the good shepherds. We have the under shepherds. We have them as they are given to us, and we are allowing the Lord to to give them rest and to give them uh, time in the word and to... You know, I'm looking at him back at the sound desk, and I'm like, well, he's at least staying very busy. On his day, he should be in a chair right down here in the front, but he's got things he has to do. That's how we raised him. But what's important is that you need to understand. I know their heart. She's up here helping lead. He's back there running buttons and making sure I sound okay. He's doing those things. He gives that, that time and that effort, that servanthood, because that's who Jesus is. But at the same time, I need you to understand this morning that they're a gift to you. The pastor is, is not a big I and little you. He, it's not a, he doesn't have more. Or he doesn't have anything special that other people don't have. What he has is an assignment, What they have together is an assignment. And God is given to them through that yes in the parking lot before you ever met them. That yes meant that God had a reason and a purpose behind their calling to come here to Youngstown, Ohio. And so with that settled, it's time to to allow the Lord to fulfill the purpose and the mission that he has called you to. As pastor myself, I know how difficult these days can be. I have pastor appreciation days. I understand how it is, but. Pastor Stephen, Pastor Melissa, listen. Let them love you. Let them honor you today. Let them pray over you. Let them give you rest whenever possible. You keep doing what you do because we taught you to be servants, to wash the servants' feet and to serve and do everything you can to, to lay down your own life and sacrifice. But at the same time, that only works beautifully when the sheep and when the body of Christ together watches out for them and gives them that that time of, of rest and honor like you're doing today and gives them the prayers that they need in order to function every single day. God's got a work that he's trying to do here. So let him love you. And let me tell you, church, it's right what you're doing. It's right to honor your pastor and his wife. That's why we have felt the presence of the Lord here today. What does the Bible say? First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. My goodness. For the scripture says, Ye shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. And I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly for the work's sake. Understand this, Pastor Steve, Pastor Melissa, understand this. You are called by God. And that right there is an amazing, awesome, wonderful truth. And that is a miraculous work of God Almighty. The truth of this will equip the church. As I said, that makes them a gift to the church. We have to understand that, and we have to appreciate that. Never lose sight of that, because it can... We see it all the time. I do as a, as a regional elder in our area down in the uh, Cincinnati area. I, I, over, I oversee 19 different churches. And as I look at those churches, a lot of times I'll see where people will, will get off track and not realize that, that we're all one and that we're all part of a body of Christ. And I'll, I'll see as just there's fragments and division and all kinds of things. The enemy comes in to, to rob, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And we got to be careful that we keep a, a fresh altar where we are keeping and laying down everything the enemy tries to use when he wants to bring division never get over the reality that they're a gift you never get over the reality that you are called by god you weren't given a job you were given an assignment i'll say it 10 times when you understand that that makes those hard days good I've had hard days. I've been in full-time ministry for 34 years. And in that time, I can tell you, there were many, many Monday mornings where I wanted to just quit. But you know, sitting at the desk, sometimes I'll sit there, and if I'm having a bad week, or if it just seems like everything's been a valley experience, I'll sit at the desk, I'll get out my word, I'll be reading through the scriptures, and I'll go back to the ones that that were special to my life. And I'll remember a couple of things that are very valuable and important. One is this, he called me, he called me. Sometimes I sit there and I remind myself that I am called of God. And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative in light of the fact that I'm called of God. Sometimes I got to remind myself of that. You will have to remind yourself that you're called. And when you understand that, then you remember that the gift, the great, great miracle of God in our lives, the first, the first is that you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit of God. You have been born again. That is the great, how many of you have been born again? Let me see. You have salvation. That is the greatest gift that has ever been given to you. He has changed you from the old to the new. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been bought with a price, and that price was your creator's blood. Jesus died on that cross to buy your salvation, and you've experienced that now. That is the greatest miracle that could ever take place in your life. Heaven came down. What's the old song say? Heaven came down and glory filled my soul the creator of the universe. Now get this, the creator of the universe. They, they talk about how massive the cosmos is, how unbelievable. You know, when he said, let there be in Genesis, he spoke those words into existence. And do you know, scientists, whether they're believers or not, they still all admit one thing. They say that the universe itself is constantly growing it is constantly being birthed new stars new new planets new cosmos new universe all of this is constantly expanding you know why because when god said let there be he never said stop amen he didn't say stop some folks will tell you, oh, you know, God isn't aware. He, he just lets us do whatever. No, God breathed breath in the life of man and it ain't stopped since. Anything God starts until He says stop, he, every word that comes out of His mouth is creative. Everything He does, it creates and it designs and it fulfills. And so you got to look at that. God, the one who created all of that, the one who gave us the, the moon by night and the sun by day the one who put the world in the motion I mean do you realize how blessed you are here you in the wintertime you'll get just enough snow to have a good Christmas and then in the spring you'll have just as much just as much uh, sun that you need to grow a few plants and then you'll get through the summer and the harvest comes in the fall and then the leaves die but then they get ready and they go into the darkness of winter and then in the spring it starts all over again every bit of that designed, created by God Almighty, you and I go through seasons in our own lives, but God's put that in front of us so that we know there'll be a time of winter, but spring is on the way. There'll be a time when we're going like a hundred miles an hour in the summers of our lives, but there'll be a harvest if you'll stay faithful. You'll stay faithful, there'll be a harvest. And so we understand and we look at those things that God has done. And that God that created this beautiful earth, this beautiful world. I've been to some amazing places around this globe through the years. I'm an old guy. As our our brother pointed out, I have white hair. Thank you for the compliment today. I'm going to carry that all the way back to Cincinnati. (laughs) I've been a few places. I've been a few places and I have seen some unbelievable sights. Been to New Zealand and Australia, been to Europe, been to South America. Been all over these different places in Budapest. I've seen some amazing things that God has created. I've watched and looked in awe of the mountain ranges. the, The unbelievable waterfalls. I've seen... Hawaiian Islands, and I look up and I'm like, God, and you know my name? You know me? You call me? You want me to work for headquarters? And I'm not talking about Cleveland, Tennessee. You want me to work for the headquarters of the entire universe? You want me to do your bid, your work? God, in all the billions of people on the earth that had special circumstances. He looked at your life and he cared enough to find you right in the midst of your lowest time and your your darkest hour and it brought the word, the salvation message and the invitation to your life. Oh, do you know who you are this morning? My goodness, the Lord has given you so much. You are a gift to this community. You are a gift. The doors of this church look out over this community and this is a place where there, there has to be, you have to be God's hands extended. You have to be His heart to the city. You've got to get out and talk to everywhere you go if it's the grocery store or a restaurant or wherever you are. Man, you are a light that God has called and anointed and He wants you to be used in this city. My My, my sister back here, Raise your hand for me. I don't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. You, yeah, you too, but her. There you are, the one that was holding the bulletin for me. That one right there. I walked in the door this morning, came up here, drove four hours to get here. And when I walked in, she was smiling from ear to ear, greeted me. It was wonderful. She made me feel so warm. I felt so friendly. I wanted to call her mama. <laughs> handed me a bulletin and then she just i I think we hugged i think i hugged your neck didn't i yeah we hugged do you know that's the anointing of god over her life that's the presence and the power of god you see you can't be friendly enough you can't love enough you can't figure all that out on your own but when The Lord Jesus Christ is living in and through you. And when you are baptized in his spirit and the Holy Ghost is living through you, then you become a light. He said, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and honor your Father who is in heaven. That's the gift. That's the beautiful gift. That's the power of God at work in the body of Christ. He's the one who called it all into existence. Have you ever woke up in the morning and looked out and just been in awe of the the sky, the colors, the clouds? Maybe you've been to the ocean and you've seen some sunsets. Isn't it amazing that right there at your house, Every morning, you get up, you open the windows, or you go outside, you look up into that sky. and Every single morning, without fail, God gives you a brand new painting, a brand new canvas that you've never seen before. Beautiful colors, wonderful cloud configurations, and you didn't see it yesterday, you didn't see it 10 years ago, you've never ever seen it before. God, in his beauty, God, in his masterpiece of designing, God creates a beautiful new canvas every single morning. And that same God calls you, loves you, is very aware of what you're going through today. He knows the troubles, the trials. Can, can I tell you something? Can I share a little personal say, something? Say yeah. yeah. Thank you. That way I will. In January, in January, I was told by a cardiologist at Kettering Hospital. I was told that I was dying. I was given that terminal talk. I said, well, isn't there anything we can do? No. Any treatment at all? no. I said, so the ticker is, it's over. He said, your workout days are over. I said, I get on the treadmill every day, and I, I walk three to five miles. He said, no, 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 no more. He said, you have a very serious disease of your heart, and you're done. Then the cardiologist sat down and looked me in the eye, and he said, You're a minister, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I want to encourage you. You you and I, we understand these kinds of things because we work with people. He said, we embrace death as part of life. And I'm looking at him. And I'm trying to have a very spiritual enlightenment here. But I'm like maybe an aspirin, (laughs) something, and I walked out, and don't you know the devil got on me, he said, you're done, you better be careful where you walk, you better be careful what you do, you better go home and get your funeral arrangements, I did, I bought a book, I'm really a weird guy, I bought a book, it's called, I'm Dead, Now What?, And it has all my passwords and it has all my life insurance. It has my funeral arrangements. I got all this figured out. I started filling it all in and getting it all. I'm like, I'm going to die. I didn't tell my church. I just kept preaching and going on. And and I told some of my staff, this is what they're saying. And I went through January and February and March. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I got depressed. It was a a bad season for me. Uh, A time of attack And then, do you remember when the Asbury revival broke out? and Lee University was on the news, on Fox News, and they were talking about it all over the world. It was amazing, the power and the presence of God. Well, our church, you know, we were excited about that. But, of course, I am a shepherd. I'm a protector. I don't like things to be out of order. So they they were coming in. They were like, Pastor, what are we going to do today, boy? We're going to let it all ride. You're going to be open 24 hours. I said, no, we're going to seek God said we're going to seek the lord i don't want i don't want to just jump on some bandwagon i want god to move i want to see god move in our midst and don't you know we started our worship and a spirit of weeping came over the whole congregation the next thing you know we're not even moving forward with anything happening in the order of service the power of god began to move and people begin to Get in the aisles and get in the floor and get all over that building. There must have been a 1,000 people there that day, and they're just laid out everywhere. You could see people there. They're shouting in one corner. They're laying down in another, and we're all just worshiping God. And then all of a sudden, I felt something hot in my head. And when it came into my head, it went all the way down through my, my body. And I went down on the stage. I went down on my knees, and I couldn't move. It was like I had to wait for whatever was happening. And I felt the presence and the power of God like I feel him right now this morning. I felt the presence of the Lord. And there were two ladies sitting on the front row. One of them was my sister and the other one was our Hispanic church pastor. They were sitting there together and, and they immediately got a confirmation and said, New heart. New heart. God's doing something in our pastor. And then I turned around and by the, by the end of a week, I, get, I got three different text messages from other people who said, Pastor, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but God has told me to just tell you new heart. Apparently, you know what that means. I hadn't announced. I hadn't told anybody except a few staff what was going on. I'm getting to a place, a a point here in just a moment. So I I go home, and I'm like, I feel fine. I feel okay. I don't feel any symptoms. I I don't know what they're talking about. I believe the Lord has healed me. And then I got another text message. Then I got another text message. I'm like, they're all saying the same thing. New heart, new heart. Don't know what that means, new heart. I said, I do. I know what it means and I believe I believe that you've done that Lord so I just started moving it and you know what I decided to do I decided to get back on the treadmill I said you know what I believe the Lord has healed me and I I got up the next morning and I started walking on the treadmill I started doing I said if he takes me out he takes me but I'm gonna go out giving him glory and giving him praise and don't you know, the next morning, I was laying in the bed, getting ready to get up, and the Lord said, you need a second opinion. He said, don't go back to the same one. Go to a new one. Isn't it amazing? I went to Christ Hospital in Cincinnati. Everybody says, well, you went to Christ. That's the whole. That was the whole, you should have done that in the first place. I did. But, so I go to this new hospital. It just so happens I have the leading surgeon in the disease that I have, and I called him randomly. I had no idea who he was. And one of the technicians said, you do realize that this is the leading surgeon in the United States for what you have? And I'm like, cool, I had no idea. So this guy's from Poland. He walks in, he's listening, he's looking. He's like, I am very confused. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, it's worse than I thought, maybe. You know, I'm like, the enemy's right there. Oh, it's bad, it's bad, he's gonna tell you. I'm like, okay. He goes, do you care if we do the test over? I said, no, that's fine, right here in my office. I'm like, okay, right now? Yes, I want to do it right now because what I hear in here is not what I see on your test. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So he brings the, he brings the team in. They lay me down in the doctor's office and he looks down and he's going through the the first tests that were so bad and he's looking at all the new coordinates. He's going back and forth and he's talking this gibberish to this woman and I don't know what they're all talking about. Go to point oh six two and touch the gear, you know. And I'm like, What? After a while he's like, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. That's is do you get this? No, no. She's like, no, I don't get it. I'm like, excuse me. I don't understand. I'm a little anxious. I said, I'm getting that what you're seeing now is not the same as what I saw there. I said, is that good or is that bad? And he looked up and he said, oh, I am sorry, Mr. Phillips. He said, it is good. You are much better better than you were then. You are doing great. I said, all right. So we, he says, I'm going to put you through all the tests, took me through all the tests. You know what he said? Get back on your treadmill. He said, you're going to live a long time. You're not going to die of a heart problem. He said, you, something has happened. He, I now have in my, my chart, I now have two completely different tests. And you know what I have? One that says I'm dying. It says, as a prognosis, it says, sudden cardiac arrest. But you know what it says on the new one? Live long and prosper. That's what it says. It says, no problem. Everything's okay. God healed my heart. I am healed this morning. That that is the God of the universe who loves you so much that he will find you wherever you are and take you through it. In January, I was dying. I was told, don't even walk. Don't even go exercise. Don't walk in the park. Now he says, go ahead and just run on your treadmill and do whatever you want. That isn't a doctor that fixed me. That's the great physician that healed me. That's what that is. And he will touch your life. He'll touch your life. I believe that with all of my heart. He's given you a wonderful, unique opportunity. Isn't it wonderful that there are some empty pews here this morning? It's amazing that there's empty pews. You know why? Because that means that you are anointed to go into the city, into this community, and go and bid the people to come to the banquet. Because here there is life and life eternal. He says that he will set a table for us in the wilderness our own enemies, our own enemies. I called the old hospital. I said, I, I, I won't be coming back. Why, Mr. Phillips? We need to see you. Nope. <laughs> Not coming back. I told him, I told him that I was receiving new care at a new place, and I have a completely different prognosis. God Is still on the throne. Have you been as upset and worried about Israel as I have been? I'm worried about all of them. You know, I I thought about this and I prayed over this. I'm like, Lord, the innocent people, the innocent people, I'm not here to discuss your politics. Politics have no place when it comes to the word of God and what we stand for as Christians. So I'm not here to talk politics. What I'm here to say is this. The innocent people in Israel... And the innocent people in Palestine... Wherever those innocent people are, I'm praying that God's angels will protect every single one of them and that he'll bring... Do you know God loves everybody? He loves everybody. There are Muslims in a cave this morning that Jesus, through the power of his spirit, is trying to save. He's trying to rescue them because there is not a human being on the face of this earth that God didn't give his life for. All of them. He wants, he says, it's my, not my will that any should perish. So we have got to have a in mentality that says look we are not about your battles your 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 uh, What do they call it? Your politics. We're not about those things. We are about the salvation of Jesus Christ. So I pray for Israel. Do not get me wrong. I've been fasting and praying for Israel. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem because the Bible tells me if I don't pray for the peace of Jerusalem, I'll pray. I'll get a curse on my life. I want to see Israel blessed and protected, but I want every human being to come to the knowledge that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah, He is the son of the living God. And we are all in this together. We're in this together. Your pastor and your your pastor's wife, they are anointed for the task that is in front of them. They're uniquely called. Their experiences have been different. They don't follow the pattern that everybody else does in life. None of us do. You don't. You've had all kinds of seasons and stuff that's happened in your life. But what we have to understand here this morning is this. We remember that we are a gift. That God makes us a gift to the community, to our family, to one another. He makes us a valuable treasure. He says you are meat for the master's use, a vessel of honor. He makes you who you are. Everything you've ever gone through. Somebody in here today, you've gone through some things. You've gone through some sadness. You've gone through some heaviness. I know what I feel in my heart. There's some of you, you've got to a story a mile long and you could talk about all the pain well you need to remember God was there every step of the way and he has got an exit sign for your life just like he does anybody else he's got an exit for you to bring you to victory you don't we're not looking for victory that was already won at the cross We're not looking for victory. We're fighting from victory. We already have it. It's been defeated. The enemy has been defeated in our lives, and we have the power of God at work. I want you to give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Would you stand? Oh, I feel the presence of God. Pastor Steve, Melissa, I want you to come down here, if you will, and any of the girls that are in in this sanctuary, just come on down.